Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Rob Cassidy. Rob, another week, uh, one week away from National Signing Day. How does it feel? Hey, we're getting there. You know, I wish I could say that, like, the light at the end of the tunnel is in sight, but the cold reality of this is that it just starts over again. I mean, there's no end. <laughs> it's just a continual cycle of self-loathing <laughs> and self-pity. And, you know, then we're in camp season, and it's uh, time for the 2017 kids. So, you know, there is no end. But you can't stop Debbie Downer. Well, don't sound so miserable. Uh, you do get rewarded handsomely for your services. Yeah, we started to today on a bright thing. note, huh? I mean, that was like as chipper as I've done for, for a week. <laughs> yeah, you get to do fun things like this podcast with me as well. So let's uh, jump right into it. I'm sure everybody wants to hear about uh, the biggest topics in the recruiting world. And, uh, of course, we can't uh, do this podcast without talking about Jim Harbaugh. I think we're contractually obligated to talk about Jim Harbaugh. I know I've been doing a lot of... Uh, radio interviews and stuff like that. Everybody keeps asking me about it. So, look, man, but that's that's what he's going for here, right? Is to like keep his name in the headlines for recruiting and have people talking about him and have. I mean, we're playing right into it. Okay, so for for a while there, we had nothing but positive news. There was a lot of talk about him sitting in the tree and doing sleepovers and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, last week. Uh, there was a kid, I don't even know the kid's name, offensive lineman, who had been committed to the previous staff. And then, uh, you know, the, the Michigan staff that came in basically told them that they weren't going to honor a scholarship, which is something that ha- happens all over the country and has happened maybe five times in the last two weeks here in the southeast. But somehow no one seemed to care. But when it came to Harbaugh, there was a, a freak out. And I know... You off the air uh, in one of our conversations, you really went went, went pro school, pro establishment. So let's kind of explain to people what happens when a player does get dropped and, and why it happens. Well, I mean, why it happens for a number any number of reasons. It's not the coaches are not being paid to honor commitments; they're being paid to win football games. Uh, is it ideal when a kid gets dropped this close to signing day? No. But everybody knows the stakes here. Um, I've never gotten on a kid for committing and taking other visits because you got to keep your options open. Uh, and the same goes for a coach. you got to keep your options open. If you can improve your team uh, and not get fired because you lost games, you have to do everything in your power to avoid uh, being fired. <laughs> and uh, in today's modern you know, society, you have to win football games to avoid getting fired. And you know, by any means necessary, I guess. And I think the kids know the stakes when they commit, and I think the coaches certainly know the stakes when they pull offers and when they get commitments and kids visit. So, you know, what's fair for one is fair for the other, I think. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm pro-school or pro-player. I just think that, you know, in the modern day of recruiting, uh, everybody knows the stakes. Everybody knows what's possible here. Um, If you don't have a backup option, uh, I think that you've done yourself a disservice if you're a coach or a player. Well, so I think what what sometimes happens, though, from the player side is – you know, we like you said, this sort of never stops for us. We do it year to year. Coaches do it year to year. But if a player doesn't have some type of advisor or some type of person that's involved in the process, they might not realize that uh, they could get dropped. And I think that's where you you see, like I said, there was uh, in this Georgia has dropped a couple players from their class. Um, Darian Anderson, the wide receiver, I think he committed to Georgia Southern this past week. Uh, you know, Randricus Davis, the four-star wide receiver, rivals 250 guy. You know, he wanted to go to Georgia. Looks like he's going to go to Miami or South Carolina. Uh, Aaron Dowdell, who was a four-star, rivals 250 guy, also out of, out of the fold for Georgia. And it's not like they called him and told him, "Hey, you know, we're not taking you." It's a lot of, you know, 
They just uh, stop like talking to you. <laughs> right. When you're trying to hint to a girl that you're not interested anymore and you kind of just... Uh, they ghost. Stop, st- yeah, stop, yeah, stop, stop. Yeah, ghosting. Turn on those red receipts and just stop answering. I think that's what uh, a lot of coaches are doing to these players. So Let me ask you this. Though. You know, I'm interested in your response here because I certainly have an opinion or else I wouldn't be asking the question. How much of this is the big deal that's been made of it is A, because it's Jim Harbaugh, and B, because it happened in the Midwest. Like you said, it happens in the Southeast all the time, and there's some like false belief that Midwestern programs and Midwestern people are hardworking types whose bond are oak, which is you know complete BS. But how much of it is because A, it happened in the Midwest, and B, it's Jim Harbaugh who is like you know a, a lightning rod for controversy. People want bad things to happen to him. People want good things to happen to him. How much do you think each one of those factors plays into this being a big okay, deal? I'd say it's. I'd say it's 80% Harbaugh or more, and then maybe 20% of the Midwest factor. Um, you know, like I said, we had, you know, even t- Tennessee dropped a player. He came out and tweeted that basically this wasn't my decision. And, you know, I put a story up. It got some page views, but it was not, you know, we're talking, you know, it was PTI level stuff with Harbaugh. And it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just like you said, that's the cost of, you know, doing all this other stuff to get attention is that you're going to get some of that negative publicity as well. Like you said, and we've, we've talked about this in other episodes, this is why fans should not get mad at players for taking visits. And then, you know, and, and another part of it is the player has to, the player gets dropped by the school. He has to come out and basically decommit. And then you see, I mean, we see the fans on the message board being like, well, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him anyway. Well, a lot of times the kid did want to be there. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, your coaches didn't want him to be there. <laughs> right. If a kid flips late, this late in the process, t- is taking other official visits and decommits, then he wanted to leave. If the kid, you know, as I mentioned with Dowdell, the kid committed to his only offer in February, didn't take a visit since then. And ends up, you know, going to uh, take an official visit to UCF this past weekend, which you know we all know is a, a highly esteemed program down in uh, Central Florida. And great, great journalism think, school too, right? Oh well, yeah, the uh, Nicholson School of Communication, we like to call it. Uh, you know, speaking of which, I see one of my professors on Facebook, and he's always having people come back and speak to the class via Skype and stuff like that. I mean, we're talking, you know, people who work at monthly magazines and stuff like that, and. Uh, ever since I went to the uh, Society of Professional Journalists Southeast Conference and told all the kids to quit working at the school newspaper, I've yet to I've yet to get a call back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a, I, I'm a big advocate of the school newspaper, man. I am, uh, you know, that's probably the reason I ever got my first job in the first place. So uh, we go well, there. Here's what I said, and we'll, we'll, this is real quick, real school newspaper stuff. I say, do it for a semester, get some clips and go get an internship. That was my, I said, I was a, don't become the editor in chief. If you're hanging around four or five semesters at the school paper, uh, it's going to be rough for you to move sure. on. And so. we can, we can move on after I take this little swipe, but I mean, it's pretty well established that the, the school newspaper at UCF like really sucks though, right? Like the school newspaper at the AQ Miller school of journalism is actually a, a, a very reputable, uh, paper. Well, the the paper at yeah UCF is owned by Gannett so uh, for you uh, journalism <laughs> people that tells you all you need to know so moving on okay so 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 we're blaming Harbaugh it's all his fault uh, we're joining the rest of the media horde um, a player now who Rob commi- you know, this is a trend that has really been bothering you so uh, we're starting rants and recommendations almost a little early here with you complaining Sam Bruce last night while you were at Monday Night Raw yeah uh, decides to go on the radio. And announce that he's 
staying committed to my to Miami. So. Yeah, you and I were texting about this, and it's not on Sam. I like Sam. I know why Sam did this. I'm not like kids are going to be kids. They're going to announce that. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I would like the spotlight too. It's on people like you and me. Like, I was texting you last night saying I'm not covering this. I mean, it's not news. At some point, reporters that cover recruiting need to realize that a kid committing to a school he's been committed to for a year is not news. And like. I love our fellow recruiting reporter brethren, but news judgment isn't exactly at the forefront of this industry. That is not a headline. Like that, I don't know why that's covered. Uh, Sam Bruce still committed to Miami. I understand why he did it, but I don't understand why people are writing about it. He's been committed to Miami for a year. It's like me coming out and, and you know, just something just like that. I can't come up with anything off the top of my head right now. You're, staying, but, you're still committed to Rivals.com? Yeah, you know, I've been working here for three years. I still work here, guys. It's not, I mean, this is not a shock to anyone. And like I said, I know why Sam does it. This isn't a dig at Sam. It's more of a dig at, I saw like 30 tweets and stories written about this. And I'm like, this is what you're spending your time doing. I'm out there watching The Rock electrify. You jabronis hit the jackpot. And people are writing stories. Other people are writing stories about a kid that's been committed for a year saying he's still committed. Yeah, it's it's an interesting fad. I mean, you know, it's and where does it end though? I mean, where does it end? Can he can a kid do it five times and it's still a headline, or is number six the magic number where it's like, all right, we're not going to write about the sixth time you say you're committed to Miami? If Sam Bruce came out and said he was committed to Miami every day for a calendar year, there are people that would write 365 stories about it. I mean, that absolutely would happen. Well, the the key would be would people keep clicking on him? People love uh, Sam Bergini, a nickname that was given to him by our former colleague uh, Keenan Codrington. Let's talk about what it means for Miami. This has to be Mark Rick's biggest recruiting victory so far, even though, like you said, it's just keeping a guy committed. I mean, I think a lot of people thought, especially when their wide receiver coach, Kevin Beard, was let go, that that Bruce would be leaving. So uh, from from that standpoint, it was a little bit newsworthy. Do you feel like this is the big win for Rick that he needed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bruce has always been the linchpin of that class. We've talked about it. Uh, The other commits in that class kind of look to Bruce as the leader of that class. He's been committed forever. I think that it was a situation where if they would lose him before signing day, that they may lose some other guys too, and it would absolutely just kill morale in the fan base too, I think. I mean, I think Bruce represents something bigger than Bruce. Somehow this has happened. He's that kind of character kid with the big personality. Uh, that, That kind of represents, you know, it's got Miami fans excited that he's coming to their school and staying home. And he's the kind of kid where if he does slip away, all of a sudden morale takes a giant hit. Uh, Sam Bruce is bigger than Sam Bruce in this case, I think. Boy, and it, you know, Nick Kruger, our, our producer, and myself, who who had Sam on our our team at the Five Star Challenge a couple years ago, what 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 could have been if he wouldn't have cramped up in that championship game? I mean, oh, it's uh, <laughs> this is your version of I should have won state. People are still talking about it. Yeah, if I didn't blow out my knee, I'd be playing in the NFL right now. Um, <laughs> So moving on, we got a couple of, uh, you know, it's signing day. Probably the next time we do a show, it will be uh, our signing day uh, show, which we're actually going to have a little commitment issues video version. Signing day podcast. extravaganza. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be pretty big. Uh, our producer, Nick Kruger, will be making an appearance and actually hosting the show alongside me and you. Uh, we needed some uh, sex appeal, so we wanted to get old Krug City on camera. I'm going to wear a tie. And, uh, are you going to wear a tie? We hadn't discussed a tie and no jacket, or what? We hadn't figured that out. I yet. might go Mr. Rogers tie and sweater. That's kind of my look. Oh, jeez. Well, never mind about the sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm appealing to the seventy-year-old woman demographic here. 
So, so we wanted to, we're going to be reacting live to commitments. We're going to be talking about uh, everything that's going on. So we'll have plenty of promos for that. We'll probably actually record a promo that we'll release uh, to the podcast audience as well. But uh, we wanted to make some predictions on some top 100 guys, where they're going to land and why. I just, we have a couple jotted down here. Uh, I guess I'll start since it's my guy, Nicole Hardman. Uh, the five-star athlete. We seems like we talk about him. He's become the Jacob Eason of of uh, January with us talking <laughs> yeah. about him every week. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's down to. He, I think he still said Alabama was his leader today, which was interesting because he missed an official visit to Alabama. He blamed it on the weather. Uh, you know, uh, Nick texted me at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning to go get breakfast. So that tells you how bad the weather was between uh, Athens and uh, Tuscaloosa. So I'm not buying the weather excuse. Yeah, you're saying that kids sometimes name leaders that aren't their leaders. I I am appalled that you would you would. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, distur- a, a disturbing trend. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he, he skipped the Alabama official visit. He ends up going to Georgia, which I don't think it was an official visit, although he did tweet something about staying in a hotel. Uh, so he he made it up to Athens. Uh, I think we're all safe to say he's going to Georgia, although. You know, Ohio State insiders uh, continue to quote anonymous sources saying that they're still a real factor, but I just don't see any scenario in which he doesn't end up at Georgia. He's going to Georgia. All right, done and done. So we'll, we'll, he's one, he's one of the first commitments on signing day. I think at eight thirty a.m. So we'll be have uh, we'll be talking about that for sure. We can make the second uh, the one a little bit shorter because he's from my neck of the woods down here in Florida, and that's wide receiver Nate Craig Myers, the four star wide receiver from Tampa Catholic, who is down to North Carolina and some other schools that ultimately do not matter because Nate Craig Myers is going to Auburn. I don't think that there's any real discussion to be had here. I will be floored if he ends up anywhere else. Um, it's not even really worth mentioning the other schools involved. I don't think. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I've been shocked before, but I would I would bet significant uh, monopoly money on the fact that Nate Craig Myers lands at Auburn. It is worth noting that he was committed to Auburn originally, so uh, a while ago. I think t- he started the class as our number one overall player, mm-hmm. actually, way back in. Uh, I don't know what what year we did the first rankings. I guess it would be after his sophomore season. Headed, yeah, and, and the, just prior to his the quick year. synopsis of Myers' recruitment was committed to Auburn originally. Florida State got real involved. Everybody thought that that was the leader. Then Florida got real involved, and people thought that you know it was a done deal for him to Florida. And now it seems as though Auburn will be the uh, eventual landing spot. Now, now his brother uh, Javon Myers also in the mix as well. Uh, are we expecting them to go to school together and both end up at Auburn? I think that that's a possibility. Um, I think that Florida State is in play for Javon a little bit more than they are with Nate. I think that they've always wanted to go to school together. Um, if that can work out at Auburn, I think that you'll see it happen. They are half-brothers, I believe, as well. So not uh, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't grow up living in the same house or anything like that. So uh, going on to the next topic, Demetrius Robertson. And, boy, we're going to be talking about him a lot, Rob, because – we're going in a long haul. Not only is where he very unlikely to announce on signing day, it looks like we're headed to uh, two or three weeks of me getting calls and text messages and doing interviews saying I don't know what's happening. Um, and I consider myself relatively dialed in, especially considering uh, what I'm seeing from our competition. I'm not seeing a lot of people on the record. I always wonder, you know, when I when I have direct quotes from the kid and his guardian – or, you know, Andrew Ivins, Big Shout, who works for our Notre Dame site, done a very good job. Uh, he he talked to the brother, did an extensive conversation, 
and then we'll see somebody come out with uh, sources are telling us this. And I just wonder, well, who are these sources? If you're talking, if you have people on the, we have people on the record, and, you're, and, you, and these anonymous sources are contradicting what people are saying on the record. So that's always an interesting... Look, the anonymous here, let's peel the curtain back here. The anonymous sources in recruiting are always college coaches most times, right? Like nobody else has a problem right, being yeah. named. Uncle Larry is not a credible source for a recruit half the time. So it's either coach being named, player being named, anonymous source is 90% of the time some college coach. Big shout to uh, uncle, my uncle Larry down in Jupiter, Florida, <laughs> where uh, the home of Jerry Hamilton. Christ. <laughs> Jerry Hamilton loves Jupiter, Florida more than some people love their kids. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Demetrius, I know, boy, the Notre, Dame, the Notre Dame fans had some pretty mean things to say about us last week, so they can't be loving this segment. But uh, listen, Notre Dame very much in it. Personally, I think if I were making a prediction today, it would be for Notre Dame. I, I just think if it goes past signing day, he takes an official visit to Alabama. I think they're the school that ends up getting him. So if, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm pushing very hard for that fax to come across on national signing day because uh, if it goes past signing day, you know, it, I think that opens the door for Nick Saban. We saw it last year with Roquan Smith, committed to UCLA on TV, ends up not faxing in the letter. It goes past signing day, and he ends up at Georgia. So – uh, being for the long haul Notre Dame fans, you're going to be listening to me every week. I'm going to be embedding this podcast on your message board. <laughs> Look, man, so. No matter what the Notre Dame fans say about us and you know the mean things, they cannot top the Texas A&M fans that when we suggested that Kyle Allen might transfer – said that we should be uh, violated with that drill-looking sex toy from American Horror Story. That's going to be beefed out for sure. This is a family. F- we we, we want to keep that uh, We want to keep that all audiences tag on iTunes. Sure, so, yeah, I apologize. Uh, but, but, but we love, hey, listen, we love the Notre Dame side. We love the passion on all the rival sites. That's, that's how, how we pay the bills around here off of uh, fan passion. So, uh, well, that'll that that'll stop those predictions uh, for us now. But let's get into in a little individual talk. I think you and I had a combined piece that came out uh, on Wednesday. I don't know what day of the week today is. Is today too? Yeah, today anyway, is Tuesday. I don't know what day it is. Okay, so you'll probably be hearing this on a Wednesday or Thursday. But so the, the article came out on Tuesday. A little bit of a snapshot of where things stand uh, SEC wise for recruiting and uh, the team we just we decided that could close the strongest. Is Ole Miss? Can you, you you wrote that section, so kind of tell us why you think Ole Miss is in for maybe a, a big finish to this class. Well, I think it's possible. I don't know that I think that they're definitely in for it, but they've got enough irons and enough fires that you'd think that something would break their way when it comes to guys like AJ Brown and Nigel Nod and even Jeffrey Simmons, who's the five star that's going to visit there over the weekend. I Hugh Freeze has proven enough, and this staff has proven enough, and been. Good enough recruiters to think that there's no way they miss on everybody that's still out on the board for them. I mean, that would be, I think, tragic uh, if you're going to ask an Ole Miss fan uh, if that took place. I think that there's just, you know, it's the law of averages at some point. What do you wear? One of these dudes is breaking that way. I don't think it'll be A.J. Brown necessarily. It's going to be mighty hard to pull him out of Starkville, I think. Um, but, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is definitely an option. Even some of those California kids. I'm not as plugged in as Adam Gorney, who covers the West Coast for us, to the Minkay Juarez situation. But he's kind of in play. I don't know that they're expecting to land him. But I think that they're in that sweepstakes at least, correct? Yeah, we, I was actually on uh, the Rebel Grove podcast today for like 30. But they had me on for like 30 minutes. I mean, it was a real... Uh, 
lengthy conversation. Yeah, you were definitely second. You were definitely second choice on that one. I woke up to a text message asking me to be on there, and I slept through it. <laughs> so, so yeah, you must have huh. been my backup. I hope that was great for you. We can't. We can't all sleep into noon every day like you, Rob. Some of us are. <laughs> You're uh, right. Uh, I'm grinding. I've known. I'm known throughout the industry for uh, getting up. Uh, Sometime around 10 o'clock Look, man, before. Monday Night Raw was not going to watch itself in Miami last night. Somebody had to attend. Sorry, did you go to Monday Night Raw and then also uh, record the show and come home and watch it, or no? Uh, no, I went. I recorded it because I recorded every week, but I have not watched it on television, no. But The Rock was there, and it was, you know, everybody was happy. Right, so anyway, getting back to, getting back to Ole Miss. So I was on the show. Uh, it, Ole Miss thinks they're still very much in it for Juarez. Uh, I know there's been some rumblings about Alabama. That seems to be what Adam Gorney thinks. Uh, but uh, he's our West Coast uh, and national analyst. But I, I, I personally think Ole Miss is in it. I think it's Ole Miss, UCLA. And, uh, I mean, if he leaves, I, I personally think Ole Miss has a better shot than Alabama. That's just me based on, based on the rumblings. Um, so some of the other guys, you, you mentioned A.J. Brown. He's going to be announcing at his school, which is Starkville High School, uh, home of Mississippi State. I can't imagine him having a big announcement, assembly style or something like that, and then have him commit to uh, Ole Miss. <laughs> to the rival? <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. I mean, you want to talk about your all-time bad guy wrestler moves. I mean, that's just like a heel a heel move. He rips off the old Miss shirt to, to, to expose his Mississippi State undershirt. Yeah, uh, that would that would be great, and then he and then he grabs the mic and says he's a, <laughs> makes fun of the cowbells or something on his way out <laughs> out of the building. <laughs> real real macho man, Randy Savage type uh, situation there. But uh, Terrell Hall, who's a five star, um, I'm told uh, he I'm told he does exist. Uh, I can't remember was he at the Under Armour game? Oh, he was. He just he was on crutches, right? At yeah, the Under Armour game. Mm-hmm. He was hobbling around, but we have you know we can confirm that he is a person that exists on this planet. So that's good. Okay, so he, so he's a five star. He's taking us. He was at Alabama this weekend. I think uh, uh, Adam Friedman, the famous uh, shifts on your list uh, quotee, had a has a story up with Terrell Hall talking about Alabama. So, uh, so many more names. Deontay Anderson, you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons, the five star. So, like you said, they're going to close with a few of these guys. I don't think it's going to be like 2013 where where everybody in the world run. <laughs> yeah picks all miss yeah. That was that was so crazy. Uh, it seemed like that was UCLA last year, but yeah, I think I think Ole Miss gets a few guys. I think they close really strong, and you know, I I really thought I I like Shea Patterson a lot. I think you know, with him him being the guy, I think we're going to see Ole Miss kind of be hanging around and challenging Alabama over the next few years. So, uh, a commitment I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, Rob, from from my neck of the woods, Marquez Callaway, a guy from. Uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, was actually scheduled to visit Ole Miss this weekend, and I think he canceled it after he committed to Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we, we actually caught some flack from the Tennessee fans because there wasn't a story on the front page of Rivals. They were upset that uh, a top 100 guy committed, and we didn't push it out front, and that was probably my fault because uh, I didn't write a story. Our, our Tennessee site uh, had a story ready to roll, and I was uh, not feeling well that day. So, uh, when, we, when we talk about Callaway, you saw him uh, with me in San Antonio, but this is a problem, I, an issue I wanted to discuss. The city of Atlanta, uh, you know, we're about an hour away from Athens, probably 45 minutes. You know, obviously there's a lot of alumni here in the Atlanta area. There's a lot of media, too. The problem is it seems like the media has become so Georgia-focused that a kid like Callaway, who's ranked in the top 100, if he commits to leave the state – 
it's almost like uh, just a drop in the bucket. Not, no, not a lot of people seem to be giving it attention. Wait, so. Are you suggesting that the, the larger Atlanta media are Georgia fanboys, or are you suggesting that they just ignore these kind of things because it doesn't move the needle? Yeah, I think they're. I just think they're catering. I, I think there are some some uh, Georgia fans, and I have heard from, I have heard from several players uh, that that they feel like some some media outlets, even not, not recruiting outlets, traditional media outlets, uh, are are pushing them to to Georgia, which I thought was an interesting thing. I wish I could do a story on that, but I don't think that would go over well. But. My point is, uh, he's a great pickup for Tennessee. I think uh, they should be pretty happy with a two-way player like him. And uh, like I said, a guy ranked in the top 100 who who really wasn't getting looked at by Georgia at the end. But you're getting a guy out of the state, uh, especially South Georgia, where we've seen a lot of NFL players come out of. Uh, so, so I like the addition there. So let's give the Tennessee fans some props uh, and then kind of kind of roll forward into another topic, legacies, Rob. I know uh, – you didn't follow in your dad's footsteps. He he was a uh, not a great recruiting, <laughs> not a great <laughs> recruiting. No, no he was not. Um, yeah. uh, my father, of course, uh, as we've discussed, was a logger uh, because I'm from Oregon and I'm very stip- stereotypical Oregonian. My dad had a logging business and a reforestation business. Nigel Warrior, uh, he's he's Dale Carter's son. Now Dale Carter, a very famous Tennessee player. Nigel is a top 100 safety, and a lot of people assume, hey, he's going to go to the school because that's where his dad went. What's your take on on that angle and that line of thinking from fans and kind of how important is that for 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 these kids, especially the ones that maybe didn't grow up in the same house uh, as their dads? Well, like every family's different and every fa- family dynamic is different. I think for some kids, yeah, that's a huge deal. Uh, look at the Kalen Metcalf, who's going to miss Ole Miss. I mean, there was never really an option there. You know, he was going to follow his dad. I think that Ben Davis's dad, who played at Alabama and is their all-time leading tackler, the five-star linebacker, has everything to do with this commitment. He's going to Alabama, but plus. Kids in Alabama are different. They hardly ever get out of the state anyway. And then you look at other guys. Like, you know, um, you know, in my neck of the woods, uh, you know, Chad Wilson's oldest son, who is at Florida now. And he's got a younger son, Marco Wilson, who – and Chad went to Miami, who is looking around at, at other schools as well. I, I, you know, it's really about the family dynamic, I think. And I think some parents are a little pushier about their alma maters as others. Some kids are a little bit more susceptible to stuff, some things as others. It's, it's really hard to kind of put – you know, kind of a standard stamp on this because of how different these dynamics are in every household, in every situation, with every school. Right. And when it comes to Warrior, I think that 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 needs to be discussed because, like I said, I mean, some some of the, like or like you just mentioned, some kids are, are closer and they want that you know legacy. They want to follow in the footsteps. Others are not. I mean, it's just a matter of and so. My advice for fans is let's not put that blanket over. Hey, the, the kid's dad went here. You know, so uh, so the kids coming here as well. So I think I would caution uh, recruiting fans against that. With that being said, Warrior, a guy who is kind of all over the map. We're hearing we're hearing Tennessee. They're getting a the last visit. We're hearing Alabama. We're hearing Georgia. We're hearing Auburn. Uh, and he's done a really good job of uh, keeping it close. He's not a guy that likes to talk to the media. He's I've always used the word surly to describe him, and it's not not in a bad way. I don't think he's not mean to the media or anything like that. He kind of uh, always just. He plays the game with like a, a an edge to himself, and he kind of conducts himself like that as well. So he's really keeping people guessing. I think if I had to make a choice, uh, pick, I would pick uh, Tennessee from what I was told. 
Uh, Alabama is not feeling super confident. I, I really don't think George is that big of a factor. And then Auburn tried to get in late. So, uh, so that's my pick there. That kind of ties into the arrivals. Uh, 100 decisions and uh, gives us a, a nice Tennessee segment. The Tennessee fans didn't really click on the podcast last week, so we'll be tracking uh, to see <laughs> because, they, because they hate you with the bloodlust of a thousand vampires. Well, that's true. The, the Tennessee fans maybe don't don't always don't always, don't always love me. But uh, hey, uh, what's not to love, people? I mean, come on. I I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why anybody would single me out, but yeah, it's kind um, of the Florida State fans have got it in for me too. So, well, I I think I have a theory on that, but it's not something we can talk about on the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> next uh, next topic, Rob. Now, a lot of people don't realize that before you came to uh, God's country to cover uh, recruiting here in the Southeast, that you were. Uh, I don't know, somewhere in flyover country. I can't remember where you live, but you 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 covered uh, the JUCO reigns. Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in Dallas. I was in I was in Phoenix. I've been around a little bit. Right. So yeah, places that Southwest stops uh, on their way to L.A. to drop off people, Absolutely. bus style. But, uh, <laughs> places with good places with good tacos and bad teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. Uh, uh, Tyron Jones, he was he was a former Alabama player. He was actually uh, one of Nick's uh, favorite high school players to go watch because he's a real tough-nosed running back. He was a top 100 guy, I think, in 2013. He goes to Alabama, gets in a little bit of trouble, ends up at JUCO, and uh, he committed to South Carolina this past week. He was a, a three-star. Uh, and I, I had tweeted something about how it's a high-risk, high-reward high high guy because you don't know if, if he gets back into trouble or something like that. But uh, I wanted you to kind of enlighten people about the JUCO process and, uh, more importantly, why it, it, it's always kind of a risk when you take a JUCO guy because you don't end up at JUCO by accident. Yeah, there are different kinds of junior college players. I mean, you've got your junior college players that end up there because of grades and not qualifying out of high school. You've got your junior college players who, for whatever reason, don't get along well at the first school that they went to and are there taking their one-year sabbatical before they can transfer to another FBS school. Then you've got your JUCO players that have the grades, wanted to continue to playing football, and just went unrecruited completely in the high school process and found a place to play a couple more years, try to get some exposure and get up to that next level. Um, and I don't think you can pigeonhole any of those kids. I mean, every kid is different. Just because you don't have the grades doesn't mean you're a bad kid. Just because you didn't get along at your first stop doesn't make you a bad person. But it is a little bit of a risk because, like you said, I mean, you, you don't end up there for no reason a lot of the time. I think sometimes kids end up there just because they've gone overlooked or because, for whatever reason, the depth chart didn't work out and they wanted out. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons why you end up there. But for every one of those, you know, for every ten of those, probably you have one that's just kind of a bad seed. Um, so you take a little bit of a risk as far as work ethic and as far as, you know, if you'll get a malcontent. Um, but, you know, these coaches put in some, I, I think, some co some schools recruit junior colleges a little bit heavier than others and have those relationships with JUCO coaches. In my experience, JUCO coaches don't have very long fuses for BS. If a kid is not coachable or is, you know, for lack of a better word, an a-hole, a JUCO coach will tell me that. They will definitely tell an FBS coach that. <laughs> um, like, hey, this kid's not going to work out because he's just, you know, <laughs> just a jerk. Uh, they are not shy about telling you that. <laughs> and I'm sure they're not shy about telling other coaches that. So that weeds some of them out, I would have supposed. But like you said, uh, it's kind of like drawing straws. Sometimes you get the short straw, sometimes you get the long ones. For every Cam Newton you get, uh, you get a guy that, you know, washes out. Like a, uh, we had a guy 
can't remember his name now, ranked pretty high that went to Kansas uh, a couple of years ago that ended up you know, getting in a little bit of trouble with the coaching staff there and washed out before his first season right. there was over. Um, so you never know what you're going to get. Speaking of washed, I mean, anybody who goes to Kansas is uh, is taking their <laughs> lives into their own hands going to play football there. Well, I mean, at that <laughs> but, point, I mean, Charlie Weiss had to – I mean, he was on the way out. He was recruiting anything he could get his hands on. And all those junior college in Kansas makes it mighty easy to take 14 JUCO players in one class, which he did. It might have been 16, actually. And that, right, they're and still it, paying for that. Yeah, that gutted their whole uh, development going forward. So that, that that is one of the downfalls of taking JUCOs. And again, you know, you're, you're, a guy's got a little bit of time to come in and adjust. And I think that's one of the reasons why we see guys maybe not work out. We have seen, you know, Auburn is a school that's taken a lot of prominent JUCO players. You mentioned uh, Super Cam. Uh, friend of the podcast, Cam Newton, of course. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, they took Duke Williams, who uh, kind of started out great and then just, you know, burned out badly, got into some trouble. I think he punched one of his teammates in the face. Uh, and then this year they had Jovan Robinson, who got off to a rough start, wasn't getting along. And then by the end of the year, he was their leading rusher. So he was the, uh, I believe, he was our number one junior college player in that class, as ranked by Rob Cassidy. Yeah, exactly, and uh, a, a clo- close with uh, somebody else uh, who remain who will not be named on this podcast that that I really don't get along with that, that you've been dealing with uh, part time. So I don't know if you even know that story. <laughs> it might be a, a mystery for some. Sometimes uh, Rob and I play the good cop bad cop angle with me being the bad cop in about ninety nine percent of the uh, interactions. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. You you're more tailor made to be the bad guy wrestler. I'm definitely the face in this in this rivalry. So, well, when we talk about South Carolina, I mentioned a lot of those guys. If we go down their commitment list, and you see a lot of these players who got early offers and then ended up, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, us forgetting about them a little bit. And so it's been interesting to see Will Muschamp go in and kind of grabbing these players and maybe taking chances. But, I mean, when you look at their class, you know, it's, it's actually pretty good. I think it's actually, especially if when you compare it to some of the ones they've had in years past, I think they've done a. I think they've done a really good job, especially in a limited time. They do have a lot of two stars uh, committed, which, you know, I guess that's my fault. <laughs> Your fault. <laughs> it would be. It would be. It would be their fault for uh, for recruiting those guys. But they do have some. Uh, they do have some guys that can play on that team, and uh, you know, I like the chances they're taking because yeah, if the guys don't work out, they end up. Uh, you know, at JUCO or something like that down the line. So uh, we give we give South Carolina some credit there. So. Last, last but not least, uh, Nick and I worked on a special project this week. Uh, the, uh, it was actually a commitment video. We've seen these uh, videos get more and more elaborate. This was Jaden Hunter, who was a 2017 four-star legacy. If you haven't seen the video, uh, you can find it on Rivals.com. Uh, of course, you could tweet at us, and uh, we'll gladly share it. It was an excellent production by uh, uh, Nick, who did a lot of the work. Yes, just more of Superman a producer Nick Kruger does it all, man. Audio, video. Take, gets yelled at by you. Gets <laughs> yelled at by me. <laughs> Professional wrestling fandom extraordinaire. That's where Nick and I bond. Yeah! What? Right, he, he, yeah, he does it also. So uh, check that video out. But I wanted to ask you, Rob, about you know the elaborate uh, announcement uh, procedures we see traditional uh, grumpy media, the, the kind of media that complains about uniforms hurting their eyes. Uh, we've seen them. <laughs> I'm sure that's really a thing that happens. Those uniforms legitimately hurt my eyes. Like, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, well, how about the ketchup and mustard game in the NFL when the Rams played the red team? And they, well, there was a lot of ketchup and mustard jokes flying out there. But, but anyway, uh, what do you think of these announcements and kind of the different the different role they've taken on? And more, you know, of course, our role we you know we we play it up as much as anybody because that's what we do. But do you do you think it even matters? I, personally, I. I think the kids should do whatever they want. I don't think. No, yeah. To Here's do my thing. Work. The only thing that people that are going to get mad about this are crusty reporters that think, I don't know, that feel like they need to shake their fists at millennials or whatever it is that people do these days. You know, all the spotlight. It's all about you. In my day, it was all about the name on the front of the jersey. It's all BS. Uh, those people, and then the, the the fans of rival schools are really going to be hoping you fail if you're a player that does one of these elaborate. Uh, commitment announcements. Other than that, nobody else should care. Nobody's making you watch this video. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, it's not like you've been, your eyes have been held open like Clockwork Orange and you've been forced to watch this kid's video. Just don't click it. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't, I guess I'm not one to shake my fist. Uh, you know, I'm pro millennial as a millennial myself. Uh, everything should be about me. Uh, I firmly believe that. <laughs> and so I'm on board with these kids. I'm barely a millennial, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. I, I actually, the one thing that I don't agree with is when they, you know, when they throw the other hat, you know, say they, they pick up a hat and then throw it down or something. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. There was actually a video, I did a story last year that was the top 10 uh, announcement moments, and it was this guy from, it was on like Fox Sports Arizona or something. And the guy picked up the hats and like threw them off. I think he ended up going to Arizona State and kind of being a bust or whatever. But the video, <laughs> the video, the video is, is great. I mean, I'm still laughing at it, uh, just thinking about it. But you know, I don't have a problem with it. If you have a problem with it, like you said, you you're probably not listening to this podcast. I would imagine if uh, unless if you you're just really are... like masochistic, like <laughs> just you know, I hate, I hate follow recruiting. <laughs> so anyway, we, I'm all for it. Let's bring some live animals in. I hope we get. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of. No, I want a kid to like I... light all the other hats on fire. Like bring out a blowtorch, put the five hats, and then blowtorch the four hats that you're not picking. I mean, let's really go bad guy. Let's set these things ablaze, and then the one that you don't burn into ashes is the school that you've <laughs> you've chosen. You want to talk about people not showing some class? I think there'd be some. You, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be cheering like I was cheering for Ted DiBiase. That would be my favorite football player. There would be some. Uh, there would be some super angry people. I don't know. I'd like to see some type of food. Food one integrated. You know, maybe some pies or. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. You know how they do the birth the birth reveals. Yeah, where they cut yeah, into yeah. The cake and it's the color. I'd like to see somebody cut into the cake and have it be. The color of the school they're going to. We, we've seen the custom cakes. Look, man, as a um, veteran couch burner in college, I'm all for anything that involves fire. So, you know, so anything that gets lit on fire, I'm, I support. Couch burner. I burned I I so many couches in college, Woody. So many. I've burned more couches than I've probably owned. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that's serious. All right, you can hear more about that on our special uh, Couch Burning podcast, uh, which is <laughs> bi-monthly. Uh, a, a, qu- a quick plug for everything that we're doing. We mentioned the Commitment Issues Signing Day Extravaganza. I don't think that's what it's officially called, but that's what we're calling it uh, right now. It'll be me and Rob and Nick uh, with our faces on, on television or at least on your uh, computer screen. Hopefully we, we're trying to... We're in negotiations, Rob, to have a, a live announcement take place during that show. So, I, mean, I didn't even know that uh, until now. I'm out of the loop. Also, we should probably plug Dave Barry, who will be doing a lot of the video work for that c- commitment issues special on signing day. 
Yeah, hopefully we can get him to come in front of the camera a little bit. He's a little camera shy. For someone who works in the uh, the video biz, he's a little camera shy, but you know, he, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Especially for a good-looking guy with such a chiseled jaw, you know? You'd think that he would want to be in front of the camera. Well, you know, he, he does have a chiseled jawline, but he cannot play defense in basketball, as witnessed <laughs> by uh, <laughs> witnessed by the multiple three-pointers uh, I torched him on uh, after the Cleveland camp uh, as we played outside in in Cleveland, Ohio, at some random playground. So uh, check that out. Check out, of course, our Twitters. Uh, Rob is at Cassidy underscore Rob. I am uh, I am Rivals Woody. Uh, of course, email us, RivalsPodcast at Yahoo.com, or uh, tweet at us at RivalsPodcast. So, Rob, we have uh, – oh, of course, wait, one last thing. Don't forget iTunes. We need those iTunes reviews. We've been stagnant lately. We haven't gotten many very, uh, iTunes reviews. I know our listenership is going up, so – People, go leave us a review. Yeah, even if you're a Notre Dame fan that wants to make a reference to American Horror Story and that horror deal, by all means, Please. go and give us one star. Oh, no, no. Give us – we don't need bad reviews. We need, we need good, <laughs> good reviews only. Give us five stars and curse at us in the comments then. Some, somebody did give us four stars, and I forget uh, what the comment they made was, but it was the only review we didn't get that was five. So uh, let's move on. We got rants and recommendations, the favorite segment, the, pe- the, the what people talk about every week. I, we're going to have to start with you, Rob, because I didn't write anything down. I have to think about something to complain about. Wait, I'm, I, do you I'm, have? Yeah, I've got a recommendation. Um, I have been watching the television show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a modern-day musical it has got a terrible name. Let me tell you what. When you hear that name, you think it's going to be like some playing into all that like weird sexist stuff about crazy ex-girlfriends. But they kind of turn that on its head a little bit uh, and I think play with that idea. And, uh, you know, it, it ends up being kind of a smart show uh, with some really funny moments and some funny songs. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a musical, but it's also a wink at musicals. Um, you know, if you like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and shows of that nature, I think you like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's got I can't think of the actress's name the lead actress but you know i think she's great in it and uh you know it's got a good it's got a good cast and and some really smart writing surprisingly smart writing for a show with that title (laughs) i mean that is just an all-time bad television show name (laughs) or she she won the golden globe for that uh and it was shows originally supposed to be on showtime so you're talking about a high quality show that ended up on the cw uh, which is a favorite of uh, of the podcast hosts here. We both watch shows on the CW. My question for you with the musical, how much singing goes on? Because I can't deal. Um, you know, uh, I'd more. say, okay, I'd say there are probably about three songs an episode, but they're not like, all of these songs come with a wink, if that makes sense. They're all, they're not like straightforward musical songs as much as they're kind of satire, kind of winking at, the fact that they're singing a song, if that makes sense. I, I don't want to like ruin or spoil anything because that's not really my thing. But I, by all means, I mean, I wouldn't be talking about it right now if I didn't recommend tuning in and checking it out. I think that uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. I want to recommend, uh, of course, I, I did recommend a CW show a couple of weeks ago on iZombie, which I'm officially caught up on. Uh, very good show there. And I would also like to recommend, Rob, another podcast. Uh, it's the second time I've done this. I've been listening to the Vertical podcast with uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, our colleague at Yahoo Sports. Obviously, by far the best uh, NBA reporter. Uh, it's not I'm even planet. close. I, yeah, I don't think there's any. And that's not even us saying that because we work for Yahoo Sports. I mean, obviously, we know that uh, Woj runs the show, especially NBA trade deadline coming up. And his show, actually, he's got a very good radio voice, unlike the two of us. Uh, he sounds like a radio host on his podcast. He asks a lot of insightful questions. Yeah, but he sounds he like a good a, radio host, not like a morning zoo radio host, right? Like, right yeah. 
<laughs> well, hey, let's go to Jim the intern in the parking lot who's dropping cow feces from a helicopter. <laughs> I think, I think uh, <laughs> there used to be a there used to be a thing in my hometown uh, where there would be a contest uh, where you'd have the cow walk around on a football field, and there would be different. You'd buy a number, and the number would be placed somewhere. And wherever the cow pooped, uh, you would win. Uh, said raffle. Uh, have you ever heard of anything like that? You're from Kansas. No, I'm betting there was a. I'm not from Kansas. I spent some time <laughs> in Kansas. I, I bet that there's a lot of chewing tobacco present at this uh, at this <laughs> this promotion. Well, I already talked about how I distributed tobacco to minors by ordering it uh, from magazines. So there was, there was tobacco. <laughs> but keep in mind, I was a minor at the time. I also used to steal coffee grinds uh, from my parents and sell it to people as tobacco. Uh, oh, you are a truly was really, bad, bad dude, man. It was really just coffee. So uh, in terms of something, so the Vertical Podcast, you can find that on iTunes. And uh, I believe a special uh, Woj's own NBA website will be launching on Yahoo Sports sometime soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. In terms of something to complain about, do you have anything? No, you know, my life is all rainbows and lollipops. And, you know, it's just a wonderful time to be Rob Cassidy right now. Uh, yeah, I don't have a I don't have a whole lot of complaints either. At least nothing I can think of on the top of my head. So uh, you get you get out of hearing me complain this week, people. Uh, if you want me to complain about something, tweet it at me, and I'll gladly uh, give you a call on the phone and complain. So <laughs> give me your phone number, and I, I will call you and scream at you. Uh, as as Rob and uh, Nick can attest, uh, I do. Uh, I do a lot of complaining off the air, and it usually starts with the, th- you know, the problem is, and then it, it, I go into uh, no. It actually, uh, it always starts with listen, listen, uh, <laughs> and then it, then you jump in. <laughs> listen, here's the here's the thing. I also like to I say here's the thing uh, quite a bit too when I'm complaining. So anyway, uh, I'm going to complain about my lack of complaining this week. That wraps it up for us. Listen, we got to wrap this up. Uh, big shout to M. Deuce, who, by the way, also now produces the theme song for the Irish Illustrated podcast. So Notre Dame fans uh, getting an extra dose of Commitment Issues music, courtesy of M. Deuce. You can find him on SoundCloud, and we're going to hopefully use some of his music maybe during the uh, during the show on signing day. Uh, we got He sent us some new mixes, Rob, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I, I like what he's done with our show, even though I kept calling him J Deuce for the first two episodes of this podcast. Uh, I apologize to <laughs> I apologize to Mr. M, to Mr. Deuce, for uh, Mr. 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 M is named Mark. If you knew him in real life, they would it, you would not, you would not call him uh, J Deuce. And he's also a graduate of Cottage Grove High School. Big shot, class of two thousand one. Fifteen year reunion coming up, bro. <laughs> you know, I'll be there with bells on, man. I, you, you guys don't remember me? I, I'm that guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, with your New York accent, I'm sure that you won't uh, do it to check any people. That wraps it up for us. We'll be back. National Signing Day, one week away. Be on the lookout. Listen. You jabronis hit the jackpot.